Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Mark, chapter 16. Mark, chapter 16. Great program. Thank you. All of our team, I think, has gone out, or half of them, to prepare for the children's activity. We won't be long here, but I, I'm so thankful for the Word of God. I'm so thankful for what the Easter message really is all about. And the, the message of Easter simply is about three things that I see. Peace, the peace of God, the power of God, and the promises of God. And we find that in, in chapter 16, in verse number 1, it says, And, and when the Sabbath was, was passed, and that's Saturday, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome, had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Now it's interesting because the ladies are coming to the sepulcher. They bought spices to anoint him. But wait a minute, he told them, um, and in Mark chapter 14, in verse 27, the Bible says, Jesus said unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. There was other times that he said, after three days, I'll be raised up. So they're coming to anoint that body, the body of Jesus. But he's told them that he was going to be risen from the dead. And that's what the angel says in verse number 7. It says, and go your way, back in Mark chapter 16. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee, and there shall ye see him. As he said unto you. You see, that's, that's a wonderful message because the disciples and those that were the closest to Jesus, they saw the miracles. They walked with him. They heard his message directly that he was going to be crucified. He was going to be taken. And he, and he was going to die. And after three days, he was going to be raised up. And so it's so neat to me to see that the angel, the messenger of God, doesn't say, didn't Jesus tell you that he was going to be raised? Why did you waste the money on the spices to anoint the body? You didn't have to do that. But no, he was kind. He just said, hey, he's, gonna, he's risen. Don't be afraid. He, it's okay. He's going into Galilee just like he told you. Go tell his disciples. You understand? You see the grace of God. So sometimes we come to church and we, we, we come into problems in our lives. We go through difficulties in our lives. Life is full of problems. That's just, that's just life. And, um, and sometimes we don't, we don't have the faith that we should have. We don't react the way we should. But God is always gracious to us. He's always loving. He's always understanding. Just as he is here. They meant well. They were going to, to anoint the body. But Jesus wasn't there. The angel said, he's not here. Don't be afraid. He's not here. He's risen. His body is not here. He's gone. And that's the great news. But you see, in that news, we find peace. You see, God's never wanted us to live without peace. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, and verse 7 the Bible says that God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. 
Do you understand? It's a powerful thing to, to be a Christian. It's a powerful thing to know the Lord. I mean, it's just wonderful to know that no matter what happens to you, you're okay. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. That's it. We don't need to be afraid. We don't need to fear. We don't fear death. I was talking to my daughter Tara. She's 28 years old. She went to Hawaii yesterday. Now, she goes cliff walking in Hawaii. So probably the last time I saw her was yesterday. You know, she, she goes up on these cliffs and walks along there. And it's wet. I'm not going anywhere high. Amen? Unless, I'm, unless you've got about four ropes around me. And uh, people strong enough to hold me. You know? And she said, Dad, I'm not afraid to die. I'm not. She's a nurse. She sees people die too much. Too much. She said, Dad, I'm not afraid to die. I know where I'll be. I'll know I'll go right to heaven. You know, and so, you know, she said, I don't want to suffer, but I don't, I'm not afraid to die. You see, that's, you don't understand the peace that's in that? To not be afraid to die? You know, it's like, wow, how, how can you, that is, that is a victory, ladies and gentlemen, because everybody, in this world, the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. After this, the judgment. Everybody faces death, and that's because of Adam and Eve that sinned in the Garden of Eden. And so death came into the world, you know, sin came into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And so bad things happen in this world because man, Adam and Eve, sinned. It's not because God was bad. And then that God cursed the, the Mother Nature. Can Mother Nature tear us up? Who wants to mess with Mother Nature? All you, all you folks moving, uh, I saw some friends uh, moving to Arkansas. After that first tornado comes through, they're coming back. Amen? I was like, okay, we bought a new house. Well, there it goes. You know, I was like, get in the shelter. Call Dorothy, you know. Where's Dorothy when you need her? And Toto, you know, they're gone too. No, but, um, I mean, Mother Nature... Things happen, tsunamis and earthquakes and that. The earth was cursed. i got to tell you, church, listen, God's going to recreate this earth one day. It's going to be perfect. As a matter of fact, I hate to tell you this, but this whole world's going to be destroyed one day. And God's going to make a new earth. You see, God doesn't want us to go into eternity and live for eternity. There's not going to be any graves in eternity. There's not going to be any sepulchers. There's not going to be any sign of death. You understand? It's all about life and it's about joy and peace. And that's the way God meant it to be in the first when he created Adam and Eve. But Satan tempted them and they sinned. And so sin came into the world. I did a funeral on, on Friday. I was up in the cemetery. Some special people are buried up there in the cemetery. Nobody really likes to go to the cemetery. You understand? But you know what? There will be no cemetery in heaven. That's where we're headed. That's the power of the gospel. That's the peace that passeth all understanding. I'm telling you, there's nothing like knowing God. There's nothing like knowing Jesus. There's nothing like having salvation. He takes care of us. He's our advocate. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2 talks about him being our advocate. He, he, he prays for us. Jesus prays for us. He loves us. He cares about us. And he wants to, to bless our lives. He wants to take care of us. He wants to give us. He provides salvation for us. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 talks about salvation. 
talks about the fact that he'll, he'll save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. We're saved. We're on our way to heaven. John chapter 11, verse 25. Again, we think about life. He says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. So I'm alive forevermore. I'm never going to die. To be absent from this body, I'll be present with the Lord. I was in Dubai, I told you, a year ago. I just about died. I never feared dying when I was in that hospital in Dubai. I was in the hospital 22 days. Spent 52 days in Dubai. I missed last year, Easter Sunday. I was there, but I never feared dying. I was about two days from going on a ventilator, and the doctor said, you need, you need to take this drug. It's a clinical trial but it worked in the UK and I want to give it to you. Will you give me the okay? My daughter Tara's on the phone. She said, Dad, do it. During that time in the hospital, I wrote my will on my card that I got my silverware in for my lunch. It was a little green slip. I wrote my will on that and took a picture of it and sent it. My lawyer said, that's a legal document in California. So, you know, my kids were like, yeah, Dad, get that done, okay? No, I'm gonna get that will done. No, they didn't say that, you know. But I wasn't afraid. To, I'm not afraid to die. You understand? I li listen, the place I'm going is far greater than the place I'm at right now. And I got to tell you, I'm having a good time where I'm at. I love life. I love, I enjoy life. I enjoy being around people. I probably too much. And uh, I'm just thankful. But God did that. God places that in us. He gives us peace when we're facing I'm telling when you get to a place where you're facing something that you thought you never could face, with Jesus you can face it. With Jesus you will make it. With Jesus, He'll be with you. I'm telling you. He will. Those of you know it that have been through things. And then we see His power. The Bible says in verse number 6 here, chapter 16, And He saith to them, Be not affrighted. Don't be afraid. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified, but He is risen. He's not here. Here's the body. I've been in that tomb in Israel. It's cut out. There's a cutout spot. You go into the tomb and you can see that angel sitting right there. He says, he's not here. His body is up. And he, he, told, he said he's going to meet you in Galilee. You see, there's power. The power of the resurrected body. Listen, Jesus gave us victory over sin, death, hell, shame, guilt. When you, when you receive Jesus, you get delivered from all that. You get delivered from it. We want these young children. We have four, over 400 kids in our school, and we have all these children that come through the, uh, uh, the master's clubs here, and we've got a bus ministry we're going to start up again, and we want to reach children. My goal is to have 500 children here coming here. You know what? I don't ever want them to get into sin. I don't ever want them to become an alcoholic. I don't want them ever to become a drug addict. They never need to try drugs. They never, never need to try alcohol. They don't need to get addicted. They need, to be, they need to be delivered from that before they get to the place where they're... They think about that. I was watching the kids sing. Half of them didn't know the words. They're just... Oh, oh, you know? And uh, they're just cute. But you know what? They're back there. They're learning about Jesus. They love Jesus. I was talking to my little granddaughter. I said, who's your favorite? I said, Mom. Who's your favorite? Dad. Who's your, no, first she said, I asked her for her favorite. She said, Jesus. So after about the 10th person, I was on the list. I go, 
Papa, I was holding up candy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not even on the list. I used to do that with Tara, my daughter, when she was little. She'd name everybody in the family and even the dog, and then it was me. Cody, then me. Okay, thanks. I'm right under Cody. And I told her she wasn't eating that night. I said, you're not getting anything to eat. You know? No, I'm kidding. But listen, God, the power of a changed life, the power of the gospel. You see, you can't just know it. You've got to experience it. You can know about God. You can know about Jesus. But when you experience him, when you invite him into your life, your friend may have Jesus. You understand? And you know about Jesus because your friend has him. Probably everybody in here knows about Jesus. But have you experienced him yourself? You see, the power comes when you experience him. You're born again. You're saved. Your sins are, are removed as far as the east is from the west. And God forgives you. And you come into the presence of God. He doesn't see you. He sees Jesus, his son. And when we sin, after we get saved, we confess our sins. And he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do You see, when Jesus died upon that cross, and just to listen to that, it's uncomfortable. But you see, Jesus was uncomfortable. He suffered. I, to listen to that, that one video there, every time I hear it, it's like, oh, Lord, they did that to you. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see what they did to my Savior. I don't want to see what he did for me. I don't want to see it. But I must. I must be reminded because he loves me. And he did all that for me. So I can live my life for him. I can tell others about him. I can live my life for him. He deserves that. And he gives me power to do it. The power of the gospel. It will change your life. You need to come to him personally and call upon him. Years ago, about six, six seven years ago, I had a friend, his name was Bob Welch. He pitched for the Dodgers 10 years. He was on the Oakland A's for, for seven years, won the Cy Young Award in 1990, started pitcher in the World Series. And he, he lived in, in, uh, in Arizona and in, he had a place in L.A. And he was driving through, so I called him and said, hey, would you come by and sign autographs at our school? And he said, no, said, I can't do it. I, I get, I'm busy. And all of a sudden he calls me, like 1230. He says, I'm here. I said, where are you? He's at the exit. He's past it. He says, oh, you mean I got to come back to see you? I got to get off the highway and drive back five miles to see you? You're not worth it, Sid. That's what he said. You're not worth it, but I'm coming. So he came and he signed autographs. We went to lunch. Right out here, I, I, the Spirit of God told me, you got to tell him about Jesus. And I did. I witnessed to him. He bowed his head and trusted Jesus Christ right out here. And he was changed. You know how I know he was changed? After he got saved, he actually answered every text I sent him. Every time I call him. I mean, I'd, I'd see him, it'd be five years. He wouldn't talk to me for five years. I'd call him, leave messages. I didn't even know that was his phone. I just left messages. But after that, after he, he prayed and trusted Jesus, he called me. He would text me. Every, every Sunday he would text me before I come out to preach. In between Sunday school and church, I would, I would text back and forth with him. And he became my friend. I mean, we, we were friends from high school. But you see, his life was changed through the gospel. 
How does a millionaire get saved? Only Jesus can do that. And God can save anybody. Everybody in this room knows somebody who was a sinful, had a sinful, he well said, I'm too sinful. I said, I know you're sinful, but Jesus paid it all. Trust him. Trust him. He loves you. And sometimes you just got to hammer it home to people who think they're not good enough. No, we're not. None of us are good enough. Everybody in this room probably has sinned today. I did. I'm not going to tell you what it is either. You know, I know what I come around here and I didn't have my seatbelt on. I only live around the corner. And I got to the light here and I knew I didn't have my seatbelt on. I, I remembered, right? And you know what I said? I don't care. Of course, I'm looking for a policeman. I'm going to put her down if he comes up. You know what I'm saying? And I drove up and got in here because, you know, I'm in, uh, it's Easter, man. This is a big day. And I just, I don't, by the way, I have a friend that with the seatbelt has, has an extension on it, like on an airplane, and it comes up to like here. So when you, you click it right here, you know what I'm saying? When you're, when you're in a, like my car, I'm looking for it. It takes me an hour to, to fasten the seatbelt. You get the picture here? Well, I'm glad you don't. But anyways, it's like, so, but you know what? I didn't, I didn't, so that's a sin. Now, you better fasten your seatbelt. We're checking everybody's seatbelt when they leave here just to make sure you do it. You understand what I'm saying? That was really a sin because, now wait a minute. Those of you that are judging me right now, you're sinning. As the Bible says, judge not lest you be judged. So we're all sinners. You get it? We're not perfect, but Jesus was. And he died for all of our sins. He can take all of our sins away. That's the power of the gospel. The power of Jesus. And he can give you eternal life. Well, you don't have to worry about death. And he makes us new. Oh, that's the power of the gospel. And then the promises. He promises us eternal life. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's his promise. He prepares a place for us in heaven. In John chapter 14 and verse 1, the Bible talks about that place. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Think about it right now. Jesus is preparing a place for all of us. But we're going to spend eternity together forever and ever and ever. So Jesus died for us on the cross 2,000 years ago. And now he's in heaven preparing a place for us when we get saved. Hey, get Sidlowski's place going. March 12th, 1972. Get that place going. I want a big one too. And I want, it's not going to be in Arizona or in Texas. It's going to be in California. No, I'm kidding you. I love California. How many of you love California? All right, about three of you. You know what I'm saying? I love California. This is where God's planted me. I'm, I'm to bear fruit. I'm to tell people about Jesus. See, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. He was going to die. You believe in God, believe also me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Oh, what joy there is in that. Gosh, the gospel. Jesus is preparing a place. And so he died for our sins 2,000 years ago. He was buried. He was resurrected. He's alive forevermore. And because he lives, we live. Have you experienced the power of the gospel? I'm not talking about a head knowledge. Paul wrote that he, Paul wrote and he said, man, I want to know 
Him and the power of His resurrection. His power. He's alive. No other prophet, no other person, no other... Listen, they're all in a grave. I saw this little thing on Facebook. It had the, it had the empty tomb and then it had Mohammed. It had all the, the religious leaders. There's like tw- 10 of them, graves. In, they're in the grave. He, they're not alive. Jesus is alive. Now notice the promise. Ye shall see him. He says to the ladies, go. You, you're going to see Jesus again. Don't we all want that when some, a loved one dies? We want to see them again. I'll see them again. We talked about the funeral on Friday. We'll see them again. You see, and through Jesus, we get to see our loved ones again. We get to all be together again. And we get to see Jesus first and foremost. I look forward to it. I've been a Christian for 50 years. I've known him. I've been telling people about Jesus for 50 years. I can't wait to see him face to face. You know what? I see Jesus now. You know where I see him? I see him in people. I mean, that, that person, they got such a good heart. They're a loving person. They're a serving person. My mom was a great Christian. My wife was a great Christian. You know, my dad was a great Christian. My dad wore the same shoes from the time I was five till the time I was 35 when he passed away. I said, Dad, you getting some new shoes? No, nah, I, I don't need shoes. You just buy us shoes. You see, Christians are full of life. They're full of generosity. And they're full of just serving others. And it's a wonderful thing. Listen, I was thinking about this. The, the power of the gospel. That, that word power is, comes from the Greek word dunamis, which means dynamite. J.J. Walker used to say, some of you are too young, but there was an, a comedian named J.J. Walker. He was kind of like Chris Rock. We should miss him. Chris Rock, he's got smacked. But anyway, it's a whole other story. But, uh, you know, he'd say, dying, oh my. That was the, life is dying, oh my. That was his big thing. Flip Wilson was, the devil made me do it. You don't remember that one. Good, I'm glad. But, you know, they had these comedians. They had these little sayings. And I got to tell you, J.J. Walker had it right. Because I'm telling you, in Jesus, it's dynamite. There's no life like living for God. There's no life like living for Jesus. And if you're here and you're not sure you're going to heaven and you've never experienced the power of the gospel, oh, you've heard it, but you've never invited him in, invite him in. Don't wait. On Easter Sunday, open your heart to Jesus. Oh, the message is simple. It's about peace. The peace that God gives. It's about his power. He will change your life. Bob Welch said, I can't change. I said, I know you can't change, Bob, but Jesus can change you. You don't change. He changes you. And it's about the promises. We'll see him. We'll see Jesus again. And we'll see others that go on before us in Christ. Open your heart to Jesus today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your love for us. Lord, I pray that you'll bless now this time of invitation. Thank you for each one that's come. God, you knew everybody would be here today. You knew who was coming. And God, they, they responded to your invitation. Oh, we sent them out. A friend invited them, but the invitation was from you, God. It was from you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll just touch hearts and lives now. It's in your, your name. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, this morning...
as we conclude this service. If you're here and you're, you've never experienced the power of the gospel, I mean, you're not 100% sure if Jesus came back today that you would go to heaven to be with him. You need to know that, and you can know that. God wants you to know that. Simply open your heart to Jesus. You see, you've got to see your need. None of us are perfect. There's none righteous, no, not one. But the Bible says, But God commendeth his love toward all of us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, he loves you this morning. And the Bible says, The wages of sin is death. We're all going to die someday. But the gift of God, it's a gift. It's eternal life. And it's through Jesus. And the scripture says, if you'll just call upon the name of the Lord, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so why not now? Why not pray to him now? With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you'd like to receive Jesus as your Savior, pray this prayer in your heart and mean it with all of your heart and soul. And he'll give you eternal life. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I'd be lost without you. I'm asking you now to come into my heart and save me. Forgive me of my sins and give me a home in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. With heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody's looking around. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it with all of your heart, I'd like to know it. Would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer. I meant it sincerely with all my heart. And I'm thankful I did. Is there one? Thank you. Somebody else, raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody else. Pastor, I prayed that prayer. Thank you. And I meant it with all of my heart. Thank you. Somebody else. Pastor, I'm not ashamed. I'm going to raise my hand. I'm thankful. Yes. Thank you. Somebody else. I prayed that prayer. And I meant it. Thank you. Father in heaven, you've seen these hands. Most importantly, you know every heart. We love you, God. Thank you for your love for us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? This morning, as we extend our invitation, if you would like to know more, I'm going to be in the back. I'd be glad to talk to you about salvation. We had many raise their hands. We have some, some information we'd like to give to you. We can give that to you in the back here. Maybe you didn't pray. Maybe you, want to, maybe you just need to know more. Brother Michael be here. Brother Theo here. You come. Um, as we sing this invitation hymn together, come every soul and just come to Jesus if you need to come. Thank you for being here. Let's sing this song together and sing it and mean it with all your heart. Here, let's sing it together. <laughs>